I was uh, I was in the Bronx last night, 18, 18 and up, and uh, got myself a prom date. Uh, no, I uh, as a joke from an old YouTube video, but uh, I was thinking about uh, the fact that uh, you know you have like uh, people that uh, do certain kinds of work without a college degree. Without a college degree, and they do they do a great job, you know, a lot of service industry workers, a lot of labor type jobs. Um, but I think when you go further in school and are kind of well read, and you know you're pursuing like especially like uh, like a area of focus in your in your schooling, so that you can be um, marketable on the job market. I just think that when you're kind of reduced to medial work it creates a kind of discourage uh discouragement like a discouraged worker um which is like a you know by federal reserve terms that's a somebody that hasn't found a job and is just tired of looking just like a discouraged worker like you're just like i can't find anything i'm out of the market might as well go to canada you know discouraged worker um but uh i think like I was watching, um, it's going to be a terrible podcast because I just realize there's no privacy in my apartment and I realize I need to find somewhere else to live. And it's just like, I can't financially keep up with the demand that I have. <laughs> like, um, like there's no supply of money. So like I demand to get a new apartment while well, there's no supply of money. You know, I, I demand to, uh, to have some quiet times and you know where i can watch a movie with a volume on my little shitty old smart tv of you know two i keep the volume at like one after uh after like midnight or 11 p.m because then they, you know I, you can hear everything so if i go to two i feel like it's really really loud and it's like two on on a scale of like one to whatever the you know whatever the hell like 50 probably so I don't know. It's like an old. It's an older TV. The stereo's not very good, but um, that's just kind of weird that I have to keep it like, it, like one is probably a truly like a seven, and two is probably truly like a fourteen. It's like dog years. The TV. Uh, <laughs> so, but I didn't age like dog years, at least to my knowledge. Um, so I don't want my TV to to volume settings to be, you know, one is actually a seven and two is a fourteen because. If you go from one to none, there's no in between. Like it's kind of weird. It's like on a survey, and somebody's like, "Are you dissatisfied or satisfied?" It's like I'm kind of in between. Yeah, but I was. <laughs> but the long story short, I mean, I don't know if it's a long story, but the volume. It's like if one is kind of still not the quietest, but there's nothing below that. You really have no choice but to keep it at one or just put on subtitles or try to sleep but i like a little background noise to try to sleep and by background noise i just mean like a low newscast like you know fox news cnn you know something i can fall asleep to just like whatever it is cnbc whatever it is like i uh, bbc most nights actually i'm kind of british so um but uh anyway so it's it's really a bummer like i can't go below one and one is like still kind of loud or it should be something and be anyway um but but the survey thing too like there's always speaking of medial work you know like 
sometimes there's just no in between. Like you either have to get really specialized in your career and hope for a good job and market yourself well and um, just find good opportunities and hopefully they um, have connections, uh, certain employers, uh, certain folks that you work for, and hopefully that they can give you a good uh, referral and you can find the right opportunity wherever it next awaits. But, um, man, I mean, I've heard some weird things the past maybe four or five days. Um, Just like my day job that I really absolutely just kind of have to do to keep money in my pocket, to keep ends meeting. Um, just like, you know, cause I'm going to school too. And I'm like, what, what am I going to school for if I do this? And the truth of the matter is like, I know people that have done that job only like in the early nineties. So, you know, I know the economy's obviously changed, you know, certain positions have changed. Um, you know, things, things have changed at large, like meaning that, you know, just because one guy does something in the early nineties for a company and moved, you know, worked his way up, mobilized within that company. Okay. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be a theme, um, for somebody else starting the same position in say 2015. You know, like what what one man started in 1991 was able to be, you know, the, say the wealthiest guy in the neighborhood, you know, which, you know, probably not true because, you know, the Carpenters, I think they're called the Carpenters, the Davenports, and the, uh, um, what's that Lithuanian family's name? I don't remember. Fizikis or something? Uh, they had the two biggest houses in my old neighborhood. And the Physicuses and the Davenports. And uh, Davin, like Davin, you know? I thought it was funny because they're kind of a religious family. Like, you know, Davin is the same as praying. You know, you go Davin. Um, so the prayer ports, good people. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I went to Awana. Awana with them a few times. You know, it's good, good company. Um, but... Um, what am I saying? All right, so uh, yeah, that guy did well though. He was able to like you know build a family, have like a nice home, and work his way up within this uh, particular company. But I don't know that that's a theme. Like I don't know how how often that would happen in the current time. You know, especially because of say an applicant's history. Maybe maybe that company really doesn't want him to. <laughs> have that same success. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Like there's all kinds of, uh, you know, kind of, uh, environmental factors we'll say that are at play in the current job market because of big data. And I think with big data and things being, you know, remote and things like that, they can really big companies, small companies, but mostly big companies can have a lot of fun with, with kind of like contractors and, folks pretending to be contractors look my cousin he um is actually an actor and what he does is he makes work training videos yeah so when you so when you train you might see him but only when you train he doesn't actually work for any company his dad uh was the ceo of kemper insurance shout out kemper insurance kemper arena kansas city used to be called that i don't know what it's called now but um, my wealthy cousin Charles, 
he does that. And it's like, I could do that too, you know? And so I'm kind of like playing along with um, this particular company right now. Um, but not too happy, like realizing that it's just like they're having fun with with some weird contractors or people that are, you know, paid actors, whatever they are. And it's just kind of weird. It's not it's not your dad's company anymore. I mean, like, how do I say this? Oh, they always talk about, like, oh, this, these aren't your dad's St. Louis Cardinals, like, meaning, like, they're not, like, they wouldn't make the same moves, like, under the Bush administration. And by Bush administration, I literally mean Bush, as in B-U-S-C-H, not, not Bush the president. No, uh, Gussie Bush, the former, you know, owner of the St. Louis Cardinals, um, under the Bush administration, under 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 Gussie Bush is uh, under under Gussie Bush's lead. These aren't your father's St. Louis Cardinals, right? Well, the same. And my dad actually worked for the Cardinals. Kind of funny. Growing up, he did work for the Cardinals for a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, this company we'll call it uh, Enron. <laughs> we'll call it Enron. Yeah, why not? The, uh, Enron, it's not your father's Enron, all right? It's not your father's Enron. Um, you know, what we're doing now is uh, we're trying to find, uh, we're on, been watching Hunters a lot lately, so I'm kind of, and then on my Amazon playlist, you'll find that, like, I'm very into, like, uh, crazy, trippy documentaries. Like, uh, you know, birds aren't real. <laughs> like, stuff like that. Um, just knows a lot of fucked up 9-11 documentaries, goddammit. Um... No, look, I curse, I have a good time. What can I say? This, uh, this is no bear. There's no cocaine bear. We're not a bear. There's no cocaine. We just have fun, and we're a little, you know, uh, comedic uh, New York bias, so that's what we do. But, um, you know, we're not an animal, so don't get too excited, folks, all right? Uh, so, so weird. Backstory to that is the normal brand icon, icon, we're not in church, we're not Catholic, we're Jews, uh, but... The the normal brand icon is a bear. It's a bear. And there are many clothing brands. You know, so many people have these startup clothing companies now. The Sansone's no exception. I mean, they could be my cousins, you know, on my uh, other side. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, no, I love that side of the family. I see them, you know, once every four years. Great people. Great people. Uh, and the Sansones uh, own the company, obviously, and they're good. You know, I everyone that knows the Sansones knows I appreciate them. Um, great, actually, like good people. They're half Italian, you know what I mean? So, good people. Uh, so uh, it, it's a bear. And the day I I left, uh, I flew to uh, Chicago a couple weeks ago, and that same from St. Louis, and that uh, so I was wearing a normal brand hat, and it's a bear logo. And I got to Chicago, and uh, guess what? Story broke. St. Louis Zoo has a missing bear. I shit you guys not. The St. Louis Zoo actually has an Andean bear uh, named, named Ed. No, not Ed. Uh, ben. Ben the bear. That's, that's cute. I like it. Uh, former New York bear. Former New York bear. Uh, former bear at the Bronx Zoo, I believe, or some somewhere like that. And now he's in the St. Louis Zoo, which is a pretty good zoo. I mean, from what I've heard, been there countless times as a kid. But, yeah, it escaped briefly. I think it, it went back, like, the same 
day, probably within a few hours. Like, what's it going to do? Go out, uh, run, start running on Highway 40? Uh, go to Ted Drew's? Maybe want some frozen custard? Well, I don't know what goes through a bear's mind. Again, I am not a bear. But it brought... <laughs> and I landed in Chicago, and I just started laughing, and, and then I got really depressed and started crying. But <laughs> like, <clears throat> I've never never been called an animal before maybe a dog a few times i think that's been more commonplace in my life than a bear and then i was like starting to think and i'm like what kind of people are bears like, like you know like where do, where do bears hang out you know what i mean like where did he get a call from his uh from his girlfriend and wanted to hang out wanted to go get a slice of, you know wanted to go get no, not a slice we're not in new york wanted to go get a emo's pizza like, what where, where who did the bears talk to you know like who are their friends what do they do where do they hang out do they go to the mall like I you know i <laughs> so i'm like what kind of people are bears and then i got to thinking and i'm like you know i love him great actor um he uh you know just just a great actor and really good and his name is his name is Jeff Garland and I'm thinking to myself he's from like the north shore probably like Skokie or something um he's awesome everyone loves curb your enthusiasm loves Jeff but that guy to me if we were calling humans you know, that kind of resemble the bear. It might be Jeff Garland. <laughs> and he does stand up, so I think we're in the same fraternity on that. It's like, it's all good, but um, just kind of funny. Like, it, to me, like me going, flying from St. Louis to Chicago that day and the bear going loose, I'm like, what? who do they think I am? Jeff Garland? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I didn't know I was in a cage, uh, but uh, that's interesting. So, you learn something new every day. And, um, yeah, but I don't look anything like Jeff Garland. Like, for example, like, uh, like I don't have curly hair. I don't have much hair on top anymore, but I, it's not curly, you know. I've never had a, a Jufro or anything. Um, straight hair. It's, like, light brown, you know. Got kind of a blemish on both cheeks. Like, you know, kind of looks like I'm drunk a lot. Um, and I'm not. It's just a, kind of like a rosacea slash eczema. Um, and gets dry, gets red. It's very Germanic. That's what I've heard a lot. Germanic. I look at the royal family. The princes have it too, so I feel feel okay with that. Um, and what else? You know, I just can't think of any traits that really make me look like a bear. I, you know what I mean? Like I don't have like a fat nose, not even really a long nose. It's not even a pointy nose. It's kind of a straight edge German nose. Um, so I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, what, what characteristics? I've got light blue eyes, you know? I, I just don't know what would give, and I'm not like obese, you know? Like I'm a little overweight. I could definitely lo- uh, use to lose a few pounds, but I'm not obese. I'm not like out waddling you know like i walk i jog until i got injured i jogged almost every day so it's just really frustrating and again i cried i I, I laughed at first laugh now cry later uh drake said it you guys so (laughs) um i don't know it was weird but 
Weird news story, but uh, where was I going with this? Medial work, yes, yes, yes. And things you have to do to um, to just kind of keep money coming in. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy what you can do with big data to make somebody kind of feel bad or, or like even though nothing that they did is ever illegal. But like if you want to like tell somebody that you're looking at their internet history... It's like, you know, you make comments about their shopping list saved on their notes on their own phone, you know, and then you have people calling the company and saying, well, you know, I I don't have my own phone. I got a company phone. I'm like, are you trying to tell me something? Because I do have my own phone. Again, to my knowledge, I don't think it's a company phone. I definitely didn't give anybody permission, Um, but, you know, I'll pay with my own money. So it's just kind of weird, like, you know, and I don't know, maybe I just grew up kind of red, white, and blue, like American, and, you know, I realize certain people aren't, like, privy to uh, to have, like, all the freedoms that, like, even their fellow Americans realize, um, you know, like, I've lived in countless places since I've been here on campus as a young undergraduate and I can tell you you know there are places that are not great you know in the in in the world and people do have you know they don't have the freedoms that you know your cozy suburban St. Louis or Kansas City suburb has so you know I trust me it's crazy out there um almost depressing but I mean well it is depressing I shouldn't say almost depressing but you know, I've never had non-control over, like, my body, my phone, things that other folks in, you know, maybe other countries don't have control over, um, I would presume, but, um, you know, medial work so that you can pay the bills, so, you know, what does that look like? Like, you know, it could be all sorts of things, but I think that it's really unhealthy certain industries that maybe have been uh, very, very affected by COVID. Um, so I think at this time, it's really important to know, like, which, which um, before my back goes out completely because they think a uh, hot dog is getting away or off topic or you know, we've got to corral this bear, I don't know what, just name something, and some psychopath will think that, but (laughs) just talking, having a podcast, it's not a trans, uh, it's not a trans drag show, don't get too excited, Jesus, (laughs) don't shut me down, don't give me a misdemeanor for talking, Uh, all right, so my point is this, is like certain industries ravaged by COVID, and I love Andrew Bailey, and I'm just saying, like, I and I don't know the guy, but so far, so good. That's all I can say about that. Um, just, you know, keep things professional is all I'm saying because I, I think he stands for that. So th- keeping things professional being a theme, um, I, I just think certain industries, like I said, certain contractors, certain companies that are kind of almost, you know, colluding, you might say, um, like Enron's not a company anymore. And I made that example kind of jokingly, but it's like, what if Enron wanted to just like 
trap in a bunch of morons that just need the money you know but it's like what if somebody that was one of those alleged morons was like going back to school at that time and like had other options but just was like well i kind of know the company even though i don't because if if i did i know they were if i did i would know that they're no longer a company but i kind of know them you know and that's like the example i'm saying is like you know maybe your neighbor worked at enron and you had no idea that everyone there killed themselves or the company dissolved so hard to know examples of such dreamers where they're you know got other things going on and have stuff on the in the works and on the table that they might not be giving the most attention to or are but again have to make ends meet in my case it's like how do we know what's legitimate anymore i I feel that there's a huge just enormous gap between like somebody that's really technologically savvy and like ha- like has has an idea at least of like how companies hire employees based on like big data projects for example and where other companies are like actually have feasible plausible projects that are like real work <laughs> like, I don't know how else to put that I was kind of going at an intellectual angle and then I just said real work yeah I mean and that's true I mean not like not real work not like you're working on your reel so that you can impress your agent and get a better gig if you're an actor I mean like like actual like you know something you can put on the resume um, so with that being key I just I don't know what jobs are total shams right now and you know coach my old coach um part-time he worked at this company uh I think they're based like down in Orange County called Shamrock I don't know if you guys heard of Shamrock great company coach is a huge Notre Dame fan so we hit it off right away I of course going to football camp there and seventh grade got to see the blue and gold game got to meet the coach at the time was tyrone willingham was that right was right right before charlie weiss so long ago it's crazy tyrone willingham wow and then charlie weiss kind of came in and they looked good for a little bit anyway i i was i was happy to watch um the the kid out of uh viani this is running back out you know for a few years um, Kieran something I forget his last name Washington Kieran um, I don't remember his last name um, but he was really good the K-man and uh, he was a really good running back um, down at Viani but anyway I Notre Dame camp yeah good times just telling somebody the other day we used to we stopped at the Golden Corral in Springfield, Illinois. One of my favorite cities. A couple of good ones that got away that from there. Shout out, shout out Springfield, Illinois. Because uh, I feel like everyone that I would have enjoyed to like... Anyway, no, we're not going to get into that right now. 
um, you know, women and women, women that are exes and women that could have been exes or or wives aside, um, Notre Dame camp was great and coach worked for Shamrock. And I will say the great thing about Shamrock is like, I feel like he pretty much worked whenever he wanted, you know, they knew he was a coach. They knew he had other things going on big, you know, in the church. I, I don't know which church, either the one with uh, Pastor Rick, Rick Warren, or the other one with, and again, I realize this is like a Judeo-Christian podcast, and I curse a lot, so please excuse me, but, uh, you know, it's comedy, that's what we do, um, Rick Warren, and the other one, uh, uh, Greg Laurie, right, so, I, I forget where, like, he went on a few missions with maybe one from each, or several from each of those, um, parishes for lack of a better word um and so he was very active in the community so the people like the shamrock knew and shamrock was you know it's a pretty fairly big company in orange county um and they just kind of let him create his own hours which was really cool you know and that's a legitimate company you know like that it's not enron it's not um what like what's another dissolved company in the past uh, Lehman Brothers, right? <laughs> Lehman Brothers. That one, man, 2008, what a crazy time. 2009, actually. Which is really funky to me. Because, like, I was, I was in New York, and, you know, this is, at, by the way, I'm talking about media work and, like, having to, like, make sacrifices and things that you do while you're in school and trying to build a resume at the same time and, and kind of navigate your career search, if you don't know. But thinking back to like 2008, 2009, you know, around the election time of uh, Barack Obama, for example, I was in New York quite a bit. And, um, you know, things looked very like economically like thriving, we'll say. Um, I just remember being so obviously inspired, but just feeling like there were, you know, endless opportunities it was like it was like the great gatsby like certain scenes in the great gatsby would couldn't do justice to like coming from st louis and and being in new york and like before the crash before the crash literally before the crash yeah i mean to me like because you know st louis is is not the biggest city and chicago is a little bigger but i didn't really you know i don't really have any business there um so, but like, you know, and like Aunt Karen had gone to New York from, um, from Kansas. She lived in Kansas City at the time and shout out Aunt Karen. And Aunt Karen was living in Kansas City at the time and she went on a parish trip to New York with her church. And, and I remember she got like a bunch of pictures and was like telling me about it. And I'm like, wow, that's great. It's awesome. What am I ever going to go to New York, you know? And it turns out, you know, a couple years later, uh, I had the opportunity, and the opportunities did not stop after that. It was like one trip, and they love me. They're like, get this guy a Rangers jersey. Like, what, you know, and it's <laughs> I don't know who these people are. Like, no, it's just my, ex- my ex-girlfriend's family. No, that's all it was, my ex-girlfriend's family. But, um, yeah, but it's like I, I feel like the, like just at that particular time, I felt like, well, her family was very good to me, but so they showed me, like, the good side of 
the city and the economically fortunate, we'll say. But yeah, I mean, look, parts of Long Island, uh, Brooklyn, Staten Island, Jersey, North Jersey, really nice areas. Like just, um, you know, it's it seemed like at that time if you wanted to work, you know, sixty hours a week, if you wanted to work seventy, eighty hours a week, you could, and it seemed like you could incur quite a bit of money. I mean, like pay off your debts quicker like incur debt pay it off so like getting a master's in business administration shout out Brustansky, uh graduating from duke it's pretty sweet dude um <laughs> but uh hinsdale, hinsdale central's on mike Brustansky now living in st louis love that um yeah dude like i don't know it's just like you know midwest cities are cool chicago is obviously like the epicenter it's huge like st louis on steroids people say um that's probably yeah i mean it is kind of just like st louis times three i would say um but new york is just a different beast and i think the way i felt like that you know before the crash was just that the the upside of of like even if you had an expensive apartment it could be dealt with once you got your paychecks you know, like, I think that you would always have money left over depending on the industry you worked, obviously, but I, it just seemed like, you know, I know it was post 9-11 and everything, so it was sad, you know, certainly some sad folks, um, but it recovered well, and I guess Mayor Giuliani and then, um, really Mayor Bloomberg made it so, you know, um, opportune to, uh, to just really create jobs, let companies, let small businesses build, let, you know, big companies, um, hire and promote and grow bigger, you know, too big to fail, obviously was a theme later, but from what I could tell, there was just like, there was no way I was not going to live in New York. Let me tell you when I was 16, 17, 18, even 19, 20 years old, like I, there was no way you could tell me that I wasn't going to live in New York and that I wasn't going to be successful here and that I wasn't going to get an apartment after college with a couple of buddies from, you know, wherever I go to college, which ended up, you know, being here, but, but you, <laughs> but you could tell, like, I was, I was adamant that my plan was to get to New York with, with some friends from college and have an apartment have our apartment and have our amenities and have our nightlife and have our times where we could go to Rangers and Knicks games. And I was just really stoked, you know. I was just really stoked. Like, the, the, just Broadway, the arts, you know. I mean, cool. Um, but, you know, the summers, you know, the beaches. I don't know. It's just like there's so much life and, and people are just like very uh, the opposite of pessimistic. You know, like you still have like your lower middle class like just you know kind of working class people that are like nose to the ground in in one ear out the other i didn't see nothing you know guys like that you still have that but um i just i think that there was so there were so many good jobs that back then that if you didn't want to ever associate with you know with the you know, middle, uh, urban, urban working class that was kind of pessimistic and maybe even violent at times, you could totally disassociate and be totally cool in your niche and your crowd 
And I feel like the crash caused that idea of disassociating with maybe even like how you grew up a little bit, right? Like if you come from like a working class family or middle class family, lower middle class family especially, like I think that the crash made it really, really difficult to kind of disassociate from that life um, from, you know, maybe some of that oppressiveness. And I haven't been to New York lately, but I can tell you I'm sure it's different. I mean, people are fleeing to Florida in record numbers, um, North Carolina, Nashville, um, I think those three coming from New York anyway, that, those are like the big primetime feeders, Nashville, North Carolina, and Florida. And I think, you know, I mean, we'll see, maybe, maybe Missouri will get some New Yorkers. I don't know. I don't, people from Missouri, I don't think realize like if you're getting people from, uh, New York or Chicago or California at, at this time anyway, I think that you're going to find that they're the type of people that you want to have here because there's a reason why they left. You know, maybe they wanted economic freedom. Maybe they wanted better jobs, uh, somewhat more stable place to raise their families, you know. And Paul Vallis is running for mayor, so hopefully he'll turn Chicago around. And I think he could. Seems like a good good Greek. Palos Heights, Illinois. Shout out Palos Heights. Um... But yeah, I mean, there's just people like I don't know. People get it twisted a lot, and, you know. I, I just like I don't think that that's right to be like, oh, I see a California play. What does he think this is, Austin? You know, because all the Californians are moving to Austin, Texas. Like, you know, don't get your panties in a bunch. The guy's probably just looking for you know a better place to raise a family. You know, it doesn't mean he's uh, George Soros is you know wingman. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've heard so many weird things, um, but you know, again, I'm not. I, 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 even though I just made that claim of like before the crash, it was really easy to disassociate with uh, different spheres of influence. We'll say, you know, it is. It could still be true now. Um, it, like if you work your ass off, I just I feel like you have to work three or four times harder than somebody might have had to in say twenty. 04 or 2005 um, because just I think certain industries the money's just not the same and the cost of living is significantly higher especially in major uh, urban markets like uh, Chicago or New York so yeah I think that's kind of what it is like people have to work harder to get what they would have um, as far as uh living situation goes as far as um amenities and luxuries luxuries um (laughs) luxuries um as far as just things like that though i i I do think that you have to work like five times harder than even like a workaholic in 2005 would work if they had like three jobs in 2005 i think that now they would need five jobs you know if to, to keep like the same lifestyle that they might have had in 2005 i don't know like to do some research on that but I, I feel like with inflation time value of money and the cost of living especially rents in major urban areas i think that's true I, I just think like right now you'd have to work a hell of a lot harder um and you have to be in the right industry and you have to really really play your cards right you know it's like the movie 21 like you know you, you got to be kind of really well studied in in blackjack or you know 
Blackjack will eat you. You know, uh, Sam Morell called the uh, the Vegas Blackjack dealer a Nazi sympathizer, and um, well, he can he can say that because that's pretty fucking funny. But um, black <laughs> it's like no blackjack. Yeah, it's like you go to college now, and like not only do you have to really specialize and really know what the hell you want to do, um, and try to get that advanced degree too, but you also have to know things like blackjack i guess you know you also have to know things like um like where not to take your car to get serviced you know there's so many different things um that you have to learn and like no one really tells you that no one's like hey by the way um you know uh, if this happens then then do this like there was no that's the thing like certain high schools are you know i don't want to dog on high schools but you know, like there's just like so many life scenarios and like different attributes of, of places that they don't really go over too well because, and like if it's a life or death situation, like what they would tell soldiers at Fort Leonard Wood, like when <clears throat> like my great uncle uh, and, and grandfather were like stationed at Fort Leonard Wood actually um, prior to like Vietnam or Korea for one, but. When they were stationed there, like, for training or whatever in the Army, I think, like, they told them, be careful. Like, don't go too far off base because the locals might be kind of weird. And because, I don't know, maybe their, maybe their platoon was, like, Chicago-based guys. And so they just thought that they might not be, uh, you know, the, some of the surrounding towns might not be too kind to them. You know, this was in the 1950s and 1960s, but... I just think that's kind of crazy that they would tell them that because I I feel like I could go anywhere around Fort Leonard Wood, you know, like I I feel like those towns are good now, but you know back at back then, um, they were telling them not to not to go too far off of base, um, just because the locals are are kind of crazy, so that's eh, crazy. The U.S. Army would would say that back then. <laughs> I I had no idea. Um, yeah, so we learn something new every day, but. Uh, what else was I talking about? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Enron, yeah, crazy company. Good documentary on uh, Amazon, I believe it is on Amazon. Yeah. Um, watching um, sunset song, sunset, sunset song. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know. It's weird. It's a Scottish gal and. She's very Scottish, you know. She makes dinner, she, but she wants to be a teacher, and then she just like becomes her family's kind of in-house entertainment, and not like in a weird way, but does all the um, like cooking and cleaning because the it's like a tragic story kind of with the mother, but uh, the daughter is really. She, I think she's pretty, prettier on the pretty side, maybe like a hard five or six. Um, but she's cool, and it just really paints an image, I think, of like the typical, like ideal Scottish countryside family. Except that the dad's kind of mean, and but um, you know, it it just like puts things in perspective, like different family values, and it's not that we're like some of us are immune to like uh, bad periods in the economy or whatnot, but like. Families that work hard and are sustainable within themselves as far as, like, 
oh, well, Cousin Richie is a janitor, and Cousin Bobby is a car mechanic, and and Aunt Viv is a hairstylist, and Uncle uh, Walter is a family doctor, whatever. Those families can sustain themselves a hell of a lot better, especially if they stay together and know their roles and it's like you have like a family where you can go to for like every part of your life that you know you need something so it's kind of an interesting way to think about it you know back in the old scottish country you'd farm your own land you'd have you know maybe you'd hire a few guys to help you out when the seasoning came along and you know you just you paid for your kid's school but you know um you just worked hard and uh yeah i mean it's just very sustainable i don't know what else to say about that but uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna really podcast too much um uh too much going from i'm gonna be very very busy um with my life but uh and i have like no energy right now if you can't tell and i am pretty much finished with certain timothy Snyder, Black Earth. Black Earth is uh, complete. Uh, it's a great, great book. Learned so much. Kind of freaked me out, parts of it. But it's a good book. Really worth worth a read. Um, so, yeah. And he's still, he's still doing that Ukrainian history course on YouTube. So anybody could um, basically audit the course. And, um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I'm getting parched here, but I have to take a break, or maybe I'll do a part two uh, at a later date.